that certainly didn't go to the required on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Betts gets in and the table the end is gone. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo that will finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. Da-da-da-da-da. Blue baggers. Welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. What a sensational performance that was. This week's edition of the show is brought to you by Five Star Trophies and Giftware based in the Melbourne CBD. Leading the industry in personalised customer service, Mark and the team at Five Star will look after all your trophy and awards needs. Do you have a signed Guernsey or a footy that needs framing? Mark will look after you. The team at Five Star have over 15 years of experience in the Australian football landscape looking after AFL, VFL and junior footy clubs, including the mighty Bluebaggers. Head over to fivestartrophies.com.au. That's the numeral five, not F-I-V-E, the numeral fivestartrophies.com.au to find out more and even request a personal Zoom meeting or FaceTime with Mark. Mention the Blues Footy Podcast and Mark will be sure to give you a healthy discount just for being a fellow Bluebagger. Jed Zetzer here alongside Harrison Hyman's Bolt. Welcome to the show. Oh, Zoot. That was... Oh, that was creme. Oh, I feel that a bit was... sick. I feel... I, I, I am shaking. I was actually preparing myself physically for a hard last quarter. I thought yes. we were just going to have to absorb the contest for the entire yes. quarter. And to come out and kick six goals to Zilch... I didn't feel good going into that last quarter, if I'm un- 100% honest. Unbelievable. That is just character. And you know what? Embrace the hub. You know, they get around each yeah. other after the siren. Oh. This is what it's all about. That would be unbelievable. And who wouldn't love going into the hub? I mean, we've got a young team. The boys look like they're loving it all over socials. I mean, that is just... What a week. What oh, a what no, a win. They, they, they actually nearly couldn't have played better than that. That first quarter yeah. looked like they could not wait to get out there and rectify that loss last yeah. week. And the pressure was intense. And the fact that we did what teams usually do to us and kick two junk time goals in the first quarter to vindicate our dominance around the ground, so get it on the scoreboard, was huge for them. This is just tremendous. This team is growing in front of our eyes, I think. Because, I mean, when you play a match tonight, that's our biggest win, by the way, since round 16 of 2014. Yep, yeah, margin-wise. Margin-wise. But I I just think the fact that we've got contributors from all... it's, It's a bit of a team of misfits, in a sense... Do you get what I mean? Because yeah. there's some really weird players that a lot of other teams wouldn't know about that are becoming weirdly good. Michael Gibbons yeah. is one of them. Yeah, he's the he's, poster boy of, that, of the he, Misfits. He's actually becoming a, a gun. Yeah, he's, he's, he's captain of the Misfits, Michael Gibbons. Yeah, so I mean, what I was going to say is we win tonight by 52 points against a pretty good outfit. The team with, that made the finals last year. With Cripps, Doherty and Murphy. Hampered. Clearly our bottom three, I thought. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because yeah. on, on tonight, I mean, a bottom three doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. Yeah, yeah. But they were our 
bottom three. They, well, they just didn't the have they just didn't have their usual output. Exactly, but I mean, I'm saying with them with them not being their usual self, we were still able to not only win, yeah. but win well. Yeah, exactly. Now it's actually huge for him, and the fact that we were still so on top out of the middle, oh. you know, without Crips. So you know, Matt, Matt Kennedy comes in, yeah, and we were a little bit skeptical of bringing him in and taking Philp out. We yes. weren't sure when they made that change. But Matt Kennedy's just played his best game for the football yeah, well, I've got to put my hand up and say, all the criticisms I've given during the week on team selection, like I've clearly, you know, it's egg in the face, really, for me. Um, I was adamant they had to go smaller in the wet. Mm. I was adamant. They it had didn't to... end up... It wasn't that wet. I think it would have been a bit slippery, though. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was dewy. It wasn't really physically raining, though, but but I thought they had to drop the McKay was and make a statement. And, and the turf was absolutely dug up. Yeah, it was. I thought they had to drop McKay and make a statement, and he made a statement to me. Kicked the first goal of the game, then he had a tackle that set up the second goal. He was enormous tonight, H. He almost, was. Almost one of our best on ground. Yeah. He, kick, he kicks kicked three. Straight. He ran, three straight. Yeah, and he ran the, uh, the most distance on the ground for us, yeah. I believe. No, no. That was one of his best games in over 12 months. Yeah. He was unbelievable tonight, McKay. And no. you know what? I've, I've never doubted him as a player because I said even last year, you know, when he was having d- down days, he'd still get involved up the ground. But the fact of the matter was he hit the scoreboard today. He brought his team into the game as well. He, pre- he was a presence. Yeah, so he needed that. And I got it wrong. And I thought oh, I wasn't a major rap for Kennedy coming into the team um, at Phillips' expense. But, yeah, you know, Kennedy added just... Once again, I speak about second, third-tier players, just another layer to that midfield group. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Will Setterfield, talking about midfielders, he is just becoming a pivotal part in this 22. No, he really is. He, yeah, he's, you know, he's found a home at Carlson. And I just want to speak about one thing as well. I've backed him up for a while. But Mitch McGovern, I don't think... Underratedly, there's many better field kickers in the Carlton team than Mitch McGovern. I was going to say when he's out on because he runs. You, you're on this. You always say how he runs up the ground and he changes channels. Yeah. This cross kicking he does. He is, is. Hang on, tonight he was awesome. He was awesome. And he, how he many hits, goals did he kick? He kicked two, two, but he no, he's kicking. He's I was, phenomenal. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I didn't even know how many goals he kicked because his contribution around the ground was that exquisite. It didn't matter if he got on the scoreboard or not. Yeah. Oh, no. He's... His pressure. I know he's been a bit of a whipping boy. He definitely was in... You know, he has been since he got to Carlton, really, because he came in pretty ordinary shape. His form's been a bit indifferent, but McGovern is crucial to Carlton. Is it a big call to say he's our barometer? He is a little bit. When he's on... Yeah, because he does make us look better, because he is a bit of a downhill skier. But you know mm-hmm. when, but when he's got the ball in the middle of the ground, you see plays streaming from all directions, yeah, and yeah. it's impossible to defend. It's it, actually impossible to and, defend. And you said this. So you said this after the first quarter, when the ball hits the deck in our forward fifty, we're almost certainly going to kick a score. Yeah, you wouldn't want to be an opposition fan watching it because you then get Gibbons and Cunningham and Betts and Martin yeah. just buzzing around. They just swarm. Like tonight, they were just all over them. And I wanted to talk about David Cunningham because he only had the eight disposals. And probably wasn't one of his best performances, but when he got the ball, he made the most of minimal opportunities because yeah. he was involved in the direct passage of play for two goals in that I think it was the second or third yeah. quarter. Uh, one being that goal just yeah, before it was just half-time. before half time. He yeah. was a huge that, handball, yeah, 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 brilliant. And he's just a quick thinker, David Cunningham. Yeah, and once again, they're not all going to be good. You know, so from his eight he, touches, he had five Because he's in the leadership group for the Misfits as well, David Cunningham. So yeah. they're not all going to be good on the same night. But once again, you've just... And I speak about it because Cunningham against Essendon, when he did play well, he still made some really big blues. As long as he's just making every post a winner. Yep. And it's a bit the same with Kennedy. He played a really good game, still made a few errors. 
but there's enough to build on for him going into next week, Kennedy. So he came into the 2020 season, I think, with a group of players who, and I'll name this little group, who we weren't sure whether they were going to go one way or another. Yeah. And I think tonight they all took a step in the right direction, that being Matt Kennedy, Will Setterfield, Sam Petrevsky, Seaton, Michael Gibbons, Tom Williamson, mm. and David Cunningham. That group coming into this year. This was going to be a huge year for that group because they were sort of getting to that age where you start expecting to see a little bit more from them and all of them took big steps in the right direction tonight and overall in 2020 they've all, you know, improved leaps and bounds. So that's that's that group that we needed to improve and they actually are starting to show improvement. They really are. It's just it's un- yeah, you know, they were brilliant. They they really were. It's- and Jones and Weedering Hold Shaki and Bruce to not a single shot on goal. Liam Jones plays his best football when he doesn't get the ball. Yeah, it's, it's actually true. <laughs> when he doesn't have the he ball in the hand. He's tremendous. He is tremendous. Yeah, they're very good, those two. They're... And hang on, Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Yes. <laughs> he is just, oh. You know what? And I don't mind him getting beaten around the grounds. I don't think it was that convincing, but... You know, he had more hitouts than English. He's he had, he had 33 hitouts tonight. Just yeah. spectacular. He gives our midfielders first use of the ball. He it does, is, and it's massive. And you know, it's a I bit think like it was from the first bounce. It was, and it's a little bit like I know he wasn't a great footballer, but like Robbie Warnock was really good at that because Robbie Warnock he rucked in the 2011 and 13 finals wins, and they were uh, two of his best four or five games for Carlton. Yeah. And we just had massive midfield ascendancy in both games off the back. It's so important. You know, I think we all get, you know, a little bit sidetracked by what Gorn, Grundy, Goldstein, and even English do around the ground. But, you know, they're still Ruckman at the end of the day. Yeah. And their craft is still to give your midfield first use. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it was a brilliant, brilliant performance. He's from... old school. Mr. Yeah, Worldwide. he is. Mr. That's Worldwide, what he is. He really is. It's time to introduce our very special guest for the week, Blue Baggers. You'll know this man. He's the man behind Blue Abroad Media, one of the best accounts on social media for you Blue Baggers to follow. You can find him at Blue Abroad Media on Twitter, at Blue Abroad Official on Instagram, and Blue Abroad on Facebook and YouTube as well. It's the great Terry Degani. Terry, it's an honour to have you on the Blues Footy Podcast. I don't know how I'm going to contain myself, lad. This is unbelievable. Oh, how good was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't, honestly, I, I'm, I'm just, oh, it's, been, it's been an emotional, well, it's been an emotional week, you know, for us Victorians, us Melbourneians. Um, yes. And, you know, we have to wait till Sunday night. And, like, oh, it's just such a relief, honestly. I, I want to be as, as practical as I can, but... The emotions are just getting the better of me. Like, I'm, I'm just so proud and happy and relieved, you know. We're seeing something now from these boys. Oh, 100%. If, if only this was a Saturday night and the pubs were open. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's the only thing we're missing. Well, that would get messy. <laughs> that would get messy. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. How are you boys going? Oh, mate. Yeah. I, well, I, I, yeah. Flying. <laughs> Fly, yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> that was, you know what? That was just, I mean, we've won some great games this year, but that was just the complete four-quarter performance. Every player on the field contributed. And I think that's why we're all just so happy right now, because that was just, that was our best win, I reckon, since... You know, that 2013, 2014 years, I reckon. Because I think Carlton as well have lived with the perception from the outside that we rely on Crips too much. But, you know, in a lot of our wins this year, 
it's the second third tier players that are coming up and just and I, I was just telling Jed beforehand I, I almost call them a team of misfits these guys like Gibbons and Cunningham and McGovern it's, and Casbold it's a bizarre group of players that are literally like they're driving us forward you're spot on no no you're absolutely spot on and then tonight was we've had you know far and few between these these famous wins of ours obviously I think Geelong was one of them we go back to like 2017 but the, you know some of these wins were just sort of flash in the pan uh, because we were still a pretty poor site. I mean, what this win does for the group, you know, what it does for our season, you know, just the way we were able to have the four-quarter performance that we've been crying out for, the way that, you know, it didn't just all go our way. You know, the doggies made their pushes as well. We were able to take the punch, counter, and respond each and every time. You know, things weren't going our way at times. We didn't drop our bundle. Um, you know, guys other than Crips and Doc just stood up. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I must share with you guys. I, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just real. You guys you guys watch me. You know, I keep it as real as possible. When that siren went, I, I, I sort of, I was sitting back and like, I could kind of feel the emotions coming on and I started tearing up. Like, for real, it was like uncontrollable tears. And I'm not getting ahead of myself. You know, we're not going to make finals necessarily yet and any of that, but it's just... It meant so much in the context of what this year is for us as people and what it is for this footy club. I mean, it's just so much more than a football club, isn't it? I was going to say, it's it's almost also more the fact that it's like it's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's what it is. It's yeah, like, you, can... you know, we've been down for years. And the fact that, you know, you can kind of see a way out. Because it, it was, you know, 2018 was almost like, how do you get out of the rut? Mm. And the fact that, you know, two years later, new coach, new group of players... And it's like, hey, you can kind of see them building towards something where they're going to be really competitive at the pointy end of the ladder. It's just... Mm. And this this guy is more than a coach. He is yeah, just... He, he can, is he a can, leader. He, he can is, coach. This guy can really coach. And I think we should move on to rating him because tonight yeah. he was just... And Terry, I must say, Haz and I were very critical of team selection this week. We weren't sure why they brought in Kennedy for Philp. We didn't really see... You know, the, we didn't see the logic in that change, especially in a wet weather game, going a bit taller. But I think he really justified that selection tonight. I, yeah, I think you're right. Let's rate the coach. Bolt, do you want to kick us off rating the coach? Give him a rate. Give him a rating out of ten, and just well, a little comment. I've got to rate my myself on team selection. I've got to give myself like a two this week. I've yeah. been I've been pretty active on Twitter about it that I was pretty. I'm disappointed with it, but you've got to give him a nine. The fact he not only brought Kennedy in, but he brought Kennedy into the middle after he played deep forward last year. And a lot of, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter that he looks leaner, he looks slimmer, you know, he's a bit quicker on his feet, he was getting to more contests. Massive. Um, he got the matchups right this week with Jones and Wiedering. You know, yeah, so he's got to be a nine fatigue. It's, it was unbelievable. And what a bonus that Matt Kennedy played so well because now there's now you can sort of see, well, maybe he's one that we can have we, we can rely on for the future. Yeah, it's just, you know, and it's the thing we, we, we lack depth. So No, I, I completely yeah. agree. Terry, rate the great man out of ten. I'm gonna give him a ten and I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> I thought it was I thought we were very well prepared. I thought we ticked that box. You know, obviously we had the, the bigger break than what they did after the Thursday game last round. I thought the matchups were spot on. I thought Ed going to the bond early was good. And then I thought the adjustment to say, okay, well, Smith's hurting us. Let's put Ed on Smith in the second half. And the one thing I saw before the game, there was an interview with Brent Stanton. He was talking, and they, obviously they've been asking him about these three tolls. All the fans have been putting the pressure on about these three tolls. Like, you know, they knew it wasn't going to work tonight. And the one thing that stood out for me tonight was when Stanton said, 
you know, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to play, whether it's dry dry weather or wet weather. And so they back themselves in. And look, you know, when, when they back themselves in and they get it wrong, obviously we're going to be critical and we have to be just as um, full of praise for them when they get it right. And listen, it's, it's quick ball movement that allows these forwards to get goals over the top. Forward entries were good. Obviously, the players take a lot of credit for that. But the way we set up, McGovern being sort of that guy in between the, you know, the, the conduit between D50 and instant and forward 50, I just thought it was perfect. How good is McGovern's field kicking? Yep. Oh. Yep. He played a little bit higher up the ground. And he's got that beautiful kick. Look, it's it worked tonight. Obviously, we're still going to have bumps in the road, and we expect that. I think there's just we we can take a deep breath knowing that hey, we're seeing an improved Carlton side from 2019. Yeah, you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Terry, and I I completely agree as well with what you said about the coaching and what Brett Stanton said because after last week where our tours were probably the ones that let us down. I absolutely love that they backed them in again and that they came out and vindicated that. And I'm going to also give Teague a 10, and I'm also going to tell you why. I love the fact that since we've returned from that COVID break, we've lost two games. And after the two games, we've come out and looked like a team that actually could not wait another minute to get out onto the park and rectify a loss. And I think for teams going forward... If they're going to play Carlton coming off a loss, they've got to expect that we're going to come out hungry to rectify those issues. And boy, oh boy, did they do it tonight. Teague, he gets a 10. I don't think he really could have coached any better. As you said, the making the move to go on to Smith, he's a brilliant improviser, David Teague, and I think he put that on display again tonight. There were a couple of matchups throughout the night, a couple of players that were giving us headaches, and we were able to shut them down you know, pretty quickly. So I was absolutely wrapped with how he coached tonight and... Yeah, I think that's a 10, 10, and a 9, which is a pretty, pretty good effort for Teague. Yeah, oh, it was just, I, can't, I just can't believe it. And it makes, you know, team selection next week. You know, you've got guys like Fisher that, you know, can't get a game in the team. Yeah, Fisher. You know, Silvani has to come back into this team. See, so well, let's, let's, yeah. let's talk about team selection at okay. the end. Yeah. But now, before we start rating the players... But, but, but what I was saying more is, like, the fact that Teague has, you know, taken the punt with a couple of these players. Because, yeah. like, even before round one, we thought... Ooh, I'd raise eyebrows when Cunningham was named. The fact he's taken a punt on these players, it's added a whole nother dimension to the Carlton this year. It's, you it's, know what he's doing? He's just creating depth. That's what he's doing. It's massive. Now, before we rate the players, I want to give a special mention to one man who we haven't spoken about yet. And he is a whipping boy, and he played his 100th game tonight, <laughs> and he was bloody awesome. Lockie Plowman, that was, in my opinion, one of his best games for the club as well. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So I was I was uh, watching the game on my own, which allowed me to sit here with the laptop and write notes and sort of every key moment, I was making sure that I was on top of it. Because you're right, he's a whipping boy and he makes what we call the high-profile mistakes. You know, it seems like when he makes a mistake, it just means a lot more. And I found one little mistake. He fell over when Bont was on the lead with two minutes 30 to go in the third. Dogs kicked the goal. But honestly, apart from that, it was the perfect defender's game. He was part of a back six that allowed 51 points. Got to give him a tick for that. He, he spoiled, he was strong in the contest, he won his aerial battles. Uh, and, and, like, you've got to give the guy credit when it's there to be given, and he was bloody fantastic. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. And as you said, that was the perfect defender's game. He actually, apart from that one error, as you've just said, he didn't make a mistake. And he was 
so big when the ball hit the deck in the defensive 50. He was just attacking it with, you know, everything behind him. He put his body on the line. Even little kicks forward, like little toe pokes, just mean so much in that situation where the balls hit the deck. Yeah, I thought he was awesome. And I'm always on Lockie Plowman's back because I'm, I'm happy to say he's not one of my favorite players at Carlson. But the fact that when, you know, when you're a defender in a game like that, and especially the fact that he's a third defender, and I always relate back to the year we had Dagen and Laidler playing, you just got to do the little things. Like, don't make me notice you. Just go about, you just be the consummate professional. Just play high percentage football. And that's what Plowman did tonight. No, certainly. Well, let's rate the guys. Terry, I'm going to let you go first here. Give us your top three and give them a rating out of 10. So uh, these three guys all got a 10 for me. All right, so my one vote goes to Jack Martin. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, first of all, before I start, I think there's going to be a lot of apologies, and I don't think yeah. anyone's going to get this right. Yeah, oh, I so agree. Completely agree. That. We could have nine hope- players here across our all three of our top threes. 100%. So I went, I went Martin with the one vote. Goes without saying, he brings it. He brings the intensity. He kicked his goal. He missed that first one in the first quarter, but he redeemed himself. Kicked his goal. Brought the pressure. Sorry, kicked his two goals. I should say. Um, led the team in tackles equal most. Uh, like it was just in terms of what's his role in the team. How well did he perform it? That's as good as he can perform that role in the team. So I gave him the one. He's just he's such a slick mover. I've actually Martin. I've got nothing to add to that because you've you've yeah. you've hit that spot on. He couldn't have performed <laughs> he, he couldn't have performed his role any better. Yeah. So I went for Eddie Betts for two. I know he's kicked the two goal or the four goals. Um, but again, we talk about what's your role in the team. How did you perform it? He's first half seven touches, two goals. Obviously, when the game was you know in the balance, he stood up. The magic he brings at ball at you know at ground level, it's it's infectious. Uh, and I thought he was fantastic and. I gave a guy who may not get everyone's three votes, but I gave Ed Curdo the three votes because of the job that he did. Because it had, you know, he would have been preparing for the bond all week, and then all of a sudden he's gone to Bailey Smith. He's done that really well. He kicks himself a goal. It wasn't just a goal. It was, you know, he tackled Bond, pinned him holding the ball early in the game, uh, and I thought he set one of one of many that set the tone. Again, led the team in tackles equal with Jack Martin and Harry Mackay, who we'll maybe touch on later. But yeah, for me, Ed was Ed was our best, and you know, because you know, the, the Bont, you know, he's dangerous. You know, their midfielders are dangerous, and he was a big uh, key for me. That you know, in an effort that will go a little unnoticed, but I'm going to give him the three. And again, there's going to be many more different opinions to that. Yeah, that was that was really good. I actually agree. I think Kerno was easily one of our best on the ground. Yeah, Kerno's first half was enormous. Yeah, he's actually having a really good year, Ed Kerno. He is. He's, he's having a really good year. Really good year. And he's probably not going to come, you know, top two or three in the best and fairest like he has previously. But this is probably the year where he's probably played his most consistent football yep. quarter to quarter. I can agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go with, with three? Because I've actually got different to that. Okay, huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I like it. I so like I had, it. I had bets in the... I had bets in the three. Bets was phenomenal. Yeah. I, I don't know where this is coming from um, with bets, to is, be honest. Is he playing his best footy for Carlton this year? Oh, I mean, the Geelong game now this cool. week. It's it's close. It's really good footy. He's just He brings so much more than goals, though. It's just that presence. That, like, when the ball hits the ground, he swarms. Tell me, when he gets the ball, do you not feel just, like, safe? Do you not feel like, oh, something's going to happen here? Yeah. It's magic. It's Eddie Betts magic. It's 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 he's the only one that has it. He's got this special thing, and I think Rankine's got it as well on another in another you know on another point. Just where the players around him wait for him to make his move. He, he forces everyone around him to be reactive to him. 
they wait to see what he's going to do first because you just he's so unpredictable. He's crafty. He, you know, you know, is it? You know, is he coming towards the end of his career? Some people criticise the age profile, but um, I mean, really, what you're going to get from him most weeks is somewhere between eight and ten touches and one, two, maybe three shots on goal a game. But he obviously that's as good. It's <laughs> as good as he's going to play for us. And I he's, mean, he's, I he's infectious, isn't he? He's infectious. Yep. Yeah, he allows other guys to get involved. He's just, uh, he's, he's a beautiful human being, yeah. a great a great stalwart of our football club, and I'm just so happy that he's back. Yeah, yeah. no, I, yeah, yeah, he, it's unbelievable. And then my other two, so I've taken a different path with these. I thought, I'm, I'm going straight to the towers, Wiedering and Jones. Now, they were yeah. matched up directly on Shaki and Bruce, who combined for a grand total of zero score and three kicks and two marks between them. Now, Jacob Wiedering, and I've said it a couple times this year, but it, it has to be confirmed. This coming Wednesday, up on the Gold Coast, he has to go and get his blazer fitted again. Because that all-Australian blazer, it, it, I, I want it to fit nicely on him for that night at the end of the year. He, he just, oh, he's the most reliable player at Carlton. He mm. doesn't stuff up. He's brilliant in the air. His kicking is extraordinary for a bloke that size. He's amazing below. He, he just it's footy IQ because there's a few players at Carlton who I kind of dispute. They you know sometimes you know these hat kicks through the middle coming out of the back line, but Wiedering just knows what's up, and he can't play much better than what he has over the first six weeks. And Jones as well. Um, uh, Jones was you know I think Jones caused a real differing of opinions last week. It was, mm. you know, whether you want his aerial presence or the major turnovers he made. But tonight, he's a full... At the end of the day, he's a fullback. He played, you know, like a really good fullback. Restricted his opponent, who absolutely tore up North Melbourne last week. Yeah. And just did exactly what he needed to do. So that's who I'm getting around. The Twin Towers down back. They are the heartbeat of Carlson, those two. Yeah. They hold us up. No, I agree. Terry, are you, are you on board with that? Can't disagree, mate. Yeah, how good is it when you can't split the votes? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a sign, boys. It's a sign of what this group is doing. It's it fantastic. is. It's seriously. So did they all get tens for you, Bob? Nah, so I actually gave them all nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. but that's yeah. Yeah, and, and you're a harsh voter. So, I am harsh. So that's that's a good sign as well. I think I've only given one ten this year, so Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna bring some diversity here. Now I wanna name three guys who we who haven't been named yet that I think deserve some praise. One is my man, you all know I love him, Michael Gibbons. He yes. was just he <laughs> The sound effects yeah. <laughs> He's just unbelievable. And Heath Buck calls him Bob. Because he just bobs up. He's doing more than that, though, now. He's he becoming is. he's becoming a pivotal part in this team. He, and would, if, he would annoy me having to watch against him. It would yeah, annoy me. <laughs> yeah, mate. I mean, getting the fact that we got him and Jack Martin for free is just... That, that, will, that should keep other teams up at night. Seriously, that was just... Yeah, Michael Gibbons. And you know what? It's gotten to the point now where if like, he got injured, he'd be a big out. Yeah. He'd be, he'd be a big out for us. So he's he's one man, and he's going to get an eight for me tonight. I thought he was spectacular. Now, the next one is Matt Kennedy. He comes in, his first game for the year, and there's been a lot of talk about him, where he was going to play tonight. People weren't sure. Was he going to play midfield? Was he going to play in the forward line? He's added another string to his bow tonight. He was spectacular. Minimal errors. He was, you know, finding the ball in positions where I didn't think he'd be able to find it. And more importantly... 
He was disposing of it so well. He was creating space off his own back, which was just brilliant. And he'd almost wait for, he'd draw the player into him and then handball it off. It was just, yeah. it was, oh, it was yeah. clever. And he was moving the ball quickly, which I loved as well. You almost, I mean, watching Matt Kennedy two years ago, you almost just wished he'd move the ball quicker because he'd sort of slow it down a little bit and stop the run of play. Tonight yeah. it was the opposite. He yeah. was moving it so quickly and fluently. So And that comes back to the coach as well. Yep, yep, certainly. And now the one who has now put together the most outstanding three weeks, Will Setterfield. Yes. He is turning into a serious player. Yeah. He's going to be huge. He's just building every week. It just gets better than the week before, slowly but surely. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's obviously a guy that needs continuity. You know, clearly, uh, and he's starting to get that more, you know, that, that responsibility. Nick Negropontis, who you had on last week, he wrote that beautiful article about how we changed up who's attending those center square bounces, and you know, look, there's, there's giving him the responsibility, and that's fine. And then there's also, is he making the most of it? And he is. He really is. He, oh, I'm so proud of him. I'm happy for him. You know, yeah. Started the season a little slow, and he's just built his way into this patch of form now. Certainly. He had the four tackles tonight as well, which was huge. He had a couple of clearances. He had the 20 touches. He had a mark. He was all over as well. Like, he moves. He drifts back and forward. He's, a, he's not a one-way runner. Yeah. The, the only flaw I can say is he gives away really unnecessary free kicks around but, stoppages. But that's something that'll, that he'll, you know, with more I agree, experience... Oh, no, no, I agree. I agree. It, it's, it's me being very picky, and yeah, that's no. my pessimistic side coming out. But he... um. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he has been... His first half, once again, I thought he was clearly in the top three by half time. Yeah, um, he's yeah. been awesome. Now, fellas, just one man who hasn't got a mention yeah, yet. Got, is it Kaz Bolt? It's my man, Levi. Yeah, yeah. He is just... Okay, so I thought his first half wasn't, you know, the best we've seen of Levi. But boy, oh boy, did his second half make up for it. It was just... I, I, I still question myself, and I actually don't know where it's come. It's it's crazy. Terry, beyond can, belief. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into where this could have possibly come from for Levi? No, you know, he's just... He's figured himself out. He's been through all sorts of experiences in his career. Criticism from media, criticism from fans. Um, and then every year he adds sort of a string to his bow. He's al- he, he almost... It's very weird with our team. You, you almost can't judge a few of these guys based on a traditional position. So if you start as a forward, you can't judge him as a forward because he's never there for the full game. You know, we do talk about, you know, being a tall forward line, but he was floating back tonight. You know, early in the game, I thought him and Liam Jones bumped into each other a bit, which was a little bit annoying, but yeah. they figured that out eventually. Um, but then, you know, he goes back, he goes in the ruck, he goes forward, he's a link-up man. So, he- um, so he's so hard to, to judge because... It's not just one position. No, I agree, and and I almost go back to that comparison to Justin Westhoff. I feel like he's a bit yeah. of, he's a bit of our Justin Westhoff, where he's just plays everywhere. He's he covers the ground. He's fit. He never looks tired at the end of a game. Yeah, I mean, I reckon the Geelong game where he was brilliant. He was one of the only because that that game everyone was gassed by the end of the match. Mm-hmm. I thought he was one of a very small handful who was still gut running till the last siren and probably. One of the reasons why we won that match. I was going to say, even he's a little bit similar. You know, when Collingwood won that flag 10 years ago, you know, Lee Brown was dubbed yep. Mr. Fix-It because he just he just plugs holes where you need them to be plugged. And that's exactly what Casbolt does at Carlton. He is, oh, as in, and look, he was he gave me a lot of anxiety for a very long time, Levi Casbolt. But 
Oh, it staggers me. It really does. How important he is to Carlton. Yeah, it's he's so important. Yeah, I've been talking about it all year. He plays that role for us. He does. There's a few of them that are trying to develop. There's not many of them in the comp. Um, I think McAvoy's starting to show a little bit of that for the Hawks. Now that he's playing a little bit more down back and they tried him a little bit forward and in the ruck at times. Um, but Westhoff's probably the one. I guess it's like a Lee Brown type role back in the day for Collingwood when they won the flag. Uh, yeah, he, he's, our, he's our guy that you can move around and Again, we, we need to be mindful of, yeah, we're a tall forward line, but it's not like the three of them are there full-time. Yeah, yeah no, it's a fair call. So he had two contested marks tonight, Levi. He had an inside 50. He had seven score involvements for a guy that didn't play pure forward, which is just, that's quite frankly amazing numbers for a tall guy as well. And he takes on these kicks in board. Yeah. Where he, these little stab passes, and it's just like, I shut your eyes type of thing. They just come off every single time. Yeah, it's nah, phenomenal. He's, he's really good at the ball in the, hand. The turnaround is just huge. And yeah, it's it really. He was out of Carlton, and we say this every like, week. He was like, you know, if Richmond wanted him, he was there to take as a free mm. agent. And oh, thank God they didn't really. Now we haven't spoken about this man yet, but I think he deserves a little bit of a mention as well in Tom Williamson. Yep, because he's he's taken a massive leap forward tonight. I felt. Yeah, nah, huge. Once again, just the consummate defender. You know, he he knows his role now. You know, he's played what four games. Yeah, he he knows where he fits. And also the fact that he went down injured and then came back on. And actually, I thought he was better after he came on. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, he is. Once again, it's just belief within themselves that they know where they fit in the 22. Now, Terry, I know you're a big Willow fan. Talk to us about his match. Yeah, look, he's 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 a tough nut, isn't he? We've been asking this year for the addition of some grunt and some guys that are going to be able to do what he did tonight. You know, when you get injured, obviously, he's in pain, um, but you know he just wants to be out there. I think he hurt himself pretty badly with that ankle, whatever it was. Mm. Um, but he provides dash... You know, he provides kicking. He backs himself in. He's, as you can see, he's, he, you can see that he believes in himself. He's got that, you know, he's not nervous. You know, in, in, in tight, in contest, when the ball is, is in our defensive 50 and there's players everywhere and he gets it, he, he's still confident enough to not just bang it on the boot, which many players do. He's confident enough, which it's a tightrope because if it doesn't come off, it's a whole, you know, you get pinned holding the ball. But he's confident enough to hold himself through a tackle, buy himself half a second, get a handball out and go. So... Yeah, it, it, it's only upwards from here, really. It really is. And, you know, we, 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 all, we all talk about what's going to happen when Simo isn't with us anymore. I, I think Willow is going to be perfect in that role. Yeah, I do agree. I think he was awesome tonight. And, yeah, just, just you know what it is? It's that you can actually see that we've got a player there. I, I'm a true believer uh, that you can sort of see when a player's got it and when he doesn't. And I think that Williamson... From game one as well, when he debuted, you could sort of just see that he's good enough at the level and that he's going to be a stalwart in this team for the next decade, really. I hope so. And once again, we've got Newman coming back next year as well to kind of you know complement each other. Just create some yeah. selection headaches, doesn't it's re- it? It's really good. Oh, they'll just play together when Simpson's out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I think Simpson's playing really well at the moment. Oh, he is. Simpson's... Like, he could go on again, I mean... He probably will. He actually... He will. He will. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he should retire. If I'm looking at our 22 and Simpson isn't in there, that's an out. Yeah, no, that's Sim- that's like a big out. Simpson's playing well. Do, do, I don't know, boys. You don't you don't reckon he should you don't go reckon? on? Uh, oh, no, I don't think so at all. <laughs> really? I See, first quarter, I thought he got better in the second half. Obviously, that lunging touch on the on the goal line, but I thought his first quarter was was it was just it's it just worrying me. Maybe he needs to just 
work his way into the season. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I get that, but you know, his first he had eight touches in the first quarter, went at thirty three percent statless in the second quarter. I thought he really lifted after half time, but before that, I thought to myself, I just have these moments like, come on, Simo, like just hold on a little bit longer. You know, like I want him to be able to hold on, and he's he's doing it. He finds a way to get himself into the game again, but. Yeah, early days in the game tonight, I was really just starting to worry. But, you know, obviously we love Simo. See, yeah, and I think the, the thing that's always concerned me the last few years is actually his ball use coming out. But I think the last few weeks since the Essendon game, his ability to shut down on small... And, mm. you know, actually go back to being a, a reliable back pocket is what's kind of, you know, making me think he may have, you know, a couple extra, you know, legs to run on. But this actually might be a bit controversial from my end. But the one that kind of concerned me a little tonight, I didn't think it was Petrovsky Seedon's greatest game. I want to talk about him, but just quickly before you go off, yeah. Simo, because I, I do agree with Terry in that his first half wasn't great when he got the ball. He sort of turned it over a lot. But what I, what I do want to say is Bailey Dale and Mitch Wallace had next to no impact on the game. And I think he was rotating on them throughout the game a little bit. Yeah. So I think he, he, as you said, he was shutting down players. I think Plowman was more running through Dale. Yeah. But, um, and then I think Simpson and Petreski Seedon were kind of running through, you know, your Wallaces and your Vandermeers and, yeah. you know, all those guys. You know, Lipinski was spending a bit of time down there as well. Yeah, no, nah, so I, yeah, I do agree. But let's let's move on to SPS. See, I, I, actually, I actually thought that his disposal tonight was enormous coming out of the defense of 50. There's a couple of things with Petreski Seedon, though. So, I don't know, he makes these errors and this is what I was talking about it beforehand in terms of footy smarts sometimes he just lacks a bit of composure you know if he gets that ground ball get in defensive 50 it's a you know that kick has to go towards where the 50 meets the boundary line not up the middle it's just little things like that he has to probably adapt a little bit better too but um and he kind of sometimes bites off a little more you know he, he bites off a little bit too much because he yeah. can kick he's a real he's a silky kick but he just I don't know. I, I didn't think... I don't know. He just frustrated me a little bit. I don't know why with Petrovsky Seedon. Because we were under siege with about three or four minutes to go before three-quarter time when we just we couldn't concede another. Couldn't yeah. go in two goals up. And he just made a couple of boys where I thought, oh, God. But it's I'm clutching at straws here. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Terry, what did you make of his game? I actually thought it was his best game of the year. So, and that's saying something because he's still got a long way to go. Yeah, uh, and I, I agree with you. I know what I think. I know why we're expect disappointed. It's because we're expecting more. We're expecting him to be, you know, the guy. You know, the next guy to take that next step. Now, early in the game, he didn't do much in the first quarter. He really lifted in that second quarter. Um, one thing I noticed with him a few times, he got caught sort of behind his man on a lead. Uh, one of them was in the third. He let McLean off the leash for a mark on the lead. He, luckily, McLean missed it. Um, but we're probably having a different conversation if he goes back and kicks it. But, I mean, end of the day, it was it was 19 touches at 78%. Obviously, I put, when I watch him, I want to see him with more offensive flair. I want to see him hit that 2022 possession mark. But if he is playing this defensive role, whether I agree with it or not, which I don't, I, I want to see him as a midfielder. But, you know, we've got midfielders doing their job at the moment. But, yeah, I... I totally get where you're coming from, Harrison, where you want to see more because you know how good he is. But I think based on what we've seen this year, I mean, obviously the game against Tipper was great uh, against the Bombers, but I thought he, he provided more offense tonight as a defender. Yeah, no, and I do, you know, and, and I, I do agree with that because I actually, and I, and I say it every week, I'm in the minority because I actually like him on a halfback flank because I just think the game's okay. kind of evolving into a game whereby 
stoppages and contested possessions are just crucial. You know, because the game's slow, it's just becoming a little bit more stop-starty. So you've got to get, you know, bigger bodies in there. And I just don't know if he's the stoppage player that's going to, you know, because I think, I just don't think he's as smart as Jack Martin. I don't think he's at that Jack Martin level where he can run through the middle. No, you're you know, right. Despite but Jack that Martin, slight frame. You're right, but Jack Martin also does have more years in the game. No, and that's what I'm saying. So yeah. I just don't think he's there yet to He may still land up there, but for now you're happy with him on the halfback. I, I just think, you know, if you're playing well in a halfback flank, you know, we've got a really good halfback flanker. You know, you know, it's it's like Yaron was almost was so important in that Radden team playing mm. off a halfback flank. And when Petreski Seaton has the confidence to get that that dash Yaron had, mm. you know, it's, you're going to have a brand new player. Because Yaron could kind of defend as well. You know, Petreski Seaton's never going to be the best defender in the team. But, you know, you've just got to you know, your way in a, you know your way in a sense. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that. Now, we've got Port Adelaide next week. Yes, and at the Gabba. At the Gabba. Now, oh, gee, I'm happy it's at the Gabba and not at Metricon because the turf at Metricon looked absolutely dug up. Yeah. Anyway, though, uh, we've got the the power who are flying. Do we make any changes? Because we've got a guy, Zach Fisher, who hasn't played yet, who's knocking on the door. Jack Silvani, obviously, if he's fit, he's going to want to be in that team, and we're going to want him in that team. Sam Filk knocking on the door. Even guys like Lockie O'Brien. Do we make any changes? Terry, I want you to kick us off here and let us know what you would do if you're Teague going into next week's match. Yeah, I mean, we might have to make a change because of Murph. We'll see how that comes up. Um, but assuming everyone is healthy and ready to play next week, um, I think Teague is going to be rewarding them. He speaks about wanting to reward good form. And, you know, end of the day, we might have some qualms with some players who didn't play well tonight. Um, and we might think that Fisher, I think personally Fisher has more. Like, I'd rather see his creativity offensively than what I see from Noons. Not to have a crack at Noons, but that's just my personal preference. But... I think Tiggy will reward them and keep them all on the side. Um, if Murph does have to miss, we do have the benefit of saying, right, well, Fisher is absolutely ready. So, yeah, my answer is no change unless Murph's injured. Yeah, I, I do I'm agree with that. On the complete same page. I'm yeah. the exact same. Yeah, and, and, and you definitely think it's Fisher instead of Silvani? Yes. For, yeah. To replace Murphy, yeah. it is. So this now proposes another question. How does Jack Silvani get back into this team? And it's a good yeah, issue to yeah. have. It's a great issue to yeah. have. Because I really yeah. like Kennedy Silvani. He had to earn himself a spot. He had to like play good footy for a while. We're hearing about his great reports. Um, Jack's going to have to knock the door down. Mm. Yeah, and, I, and, and you know what? I'm happy for him to have to do that because... And, I, and I, I'm a massive Jack Silvani fan. Like I think he is so important in this 22. He's dynamic. He's honestly probably our best field kick. He's just, he's really important for us. But at the same time, you can't drop players from it, tonight's performance. You can't. And it's good because, you know, two weeks ago against Essendon, we saw Cunningham break out. And, you know, now that Kennedy's had such a good game, you know, it's all of a sudden Cunningham's going to be thinking, ooh, I have to, you know, kind of... And that's what you want. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what you and want. And Cunningham's, you know, looking over his shoulder now thinking, ooh, Silvani and Fisher aren't playing. I've got to kind of, you know, go again. Mm. And it's, exa- it's, it's great. And that's what we've been saying with Teague. Changing up, changing it up has created this depth from nothing. Yeah. I um, mean, that's just what they've got to keep doing. And Nunes as well. Like, Nunes isn't a great player, but Nunes is kind of doing what he needs to do to just hang on. Yeah, now I was going to say... You know what I'm saying? It's like... So Terry said that about Nunes, and I compl- And look, every single week on this show, I've been saying I don't want Nunes in the team. But I mean, 
I thought tonight was his best game for the year. Kicked a massive goal. Kicked a huge goal. Murph taught him that one for sure, by yeah. the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he. I, th- I think tonight was his best game. Did you? I mean, I know I, I do agree with you, Terry. I'd like to probably see a youngster in there ahead of him, whether it's Fisher or O'Brien or Silvani. But do you do you agree that that was one of his better games tonight? Has to be, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It was. It was. A... Oh, he tried that stab kick across the face of the. Oh, like, oh my god! And yeah. again, it's a high-profile mistake. So we look yeah. at it and we we give it more gravity. But you know, the big thing about that moment was that he he redeemed himself. He does attack the player pretty hard. Like when he tackles, he really tries to to get in there, which I do enjoy. Um, I, it just begs the question, like, and the other thing as well, we we watch the game from the screen. Um, we we don't see what he's doing on the field. We don't know his role that Tiggy has given him. So, you know, there's also that element of the unknown. So I, I do want to have him... I, I think he deserves to stay in the side. Um, again, reward the winning form. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's it's a problem. It's a headache. It's a, it's a good headache. one, though, isn't it? have this headache every week. Yeah. No, this is, this is an awesome headache to have because then, then you take a peek over to our injury list and you say, well, hang on a second. Charlie Kerno's not even fit. Matty Cruz is not fit. Marchbank's not fit when these and I'm sure I'm missing and a few, Newman and Newman when these guys are fit well hang on a second now we're going into the territory of having eight players knocking on the door which is huge and huge and my favorite player Paddy Dow yes well yeah I mean look when Dow's fit that'll be an interesting one it as will, well it really will be it's it's great it's it's, yeah. it's it's exciting. It is exciting. Now, Terry, it's, I mean, we've only just won tonight, but I'm just going to ask you if you had to maybe point out one or two things that you'd like to see in next week's match, and I'm putting you on the spot here, anything that you'd, in particular, that you'd like to see next week against Port Adelaide? Well, if we don't bring that same ferocity tonight, uh, their midfield, uh, they're midfield, they're going to carve us up. They've got some serious grunt players in there. They're, what they've done... I watched them today. Uh, they brought Burton back in. They dropped Rockliffe and they put Houston in the middle. That has unlocked something for Port. Yep. Uh, mm. There's something there that they've unlocked. There's a layer there that makes them such a better side. Um, Robbie Gray's not even firing. They've got you know the tall timber down forward who, whether he marks it or not, he you know he provides a great contest. I think that's going to be a great battle him and Weeders next week. Um, but look, it's 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 you know it's easy to say hey we're just going to do what we did tonight. But honestly, we we need to find a way just be competitive like that because Port just keep they don't they don't let up they just keep going and I had a shocking one last week against the Eagles no not the Eagles it was the Lions sorry the Lions my mistake shocking it was just a terrible game all around but apart from that game they've been excellent this year I'm, I'm hoping that you know they're in week five of the hub they did go back last week after the game for a bit of a refreshener at home in Adelaide but you know I just hope they're gettable I hope we can do it because I got a, I got a uh, a really good mate of mine. He's one of my best mates growing up. He's a Port fan, so oh, you'd, love to, you'd, love, <laughs> you'd yeah. love to get in his face, wouldn't you? We uh, the loser has to do twenty laps of the footy oval near our house. Wow! So, yeah. Wow! Well, yeah. God. Well, if you'd like to uh, see the the loser do those laps, head over to Blue Abroad Media. I'll give you <laughs> I'll give you another little plug. Blue Abroad Media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, doing unbelievable things. Terry, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Seriously, we really appreciate you coming on late at night as well after the win. And, well, I I mean, I don't have to tell you to have a good week because I know you're going to have a good week after that one. Mate, thank you so much. Boys, thank you so much. I'm very, very grateful to be on here. Um, Obviously, 
Jed, we've done our Carlton People episode. Harrison, you're up next, mate, so we'll get that done tomorrow. Very exciting. Um, and again, thank you so much, and I'm, I'm more than happy to come on any time you have me. Thank you so much, yeah, and I'm going to give you another plug. Blue Abroad Media on Twitter, Blue Abroad Official on Instagram, and check them out on YouTube and Facebook as well, Blue Abroad, one of the best in the business for Carlton fan media. And, Terry, all I can say is just keep up the good work because you're giving us something to watch in lockdown. And seriously, I've been going back and watching some of your old content as well, and it's just brilliant. So as, as a Carlton supporter, I have to thank you for providing us with some some light to watch in probably what is not the best time for Victorians at the moment. I'm on it. Thanks, guys. Go the baggage! <laughs> what a win. Go the Blues! What a great man, and what a blue bagger. Honestly, Bolt, what a, what a blue bagger. Yeah, he's a good lad. Those are the he's types of guys you want supporting your club. Bleeds navy blue. Yeah, he can... does. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for a guy who just loves the club, there's your man. He is just, he's a ripper. He's a ripper bloke. If he had tears coming out of his eyes after a round six win on the Gold Coast, the water would, it's going to be flash flooding when they hold the cup yeah, up one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and you know what? Yeah, just it was just awesome. Awesome to get him on. Now, Blue Baggers, we're going to move on to your questions. We put out the, the posts on Twitter and on Instagram to reply with any questions you'd like us to answer after that ripping performance. Let's kick him off. First one coming through from Adrian Jassara. Now, I hope I pronounced that right because he is a big follower of Blue's footy and we appreciate all of his uh, all of his content that he that he retweets from us. So Adrian said, how do we bottle that performance and produce it weekly? It was just brilliant. Yep. Um, look, if I had the answer to that, Adrian, <laughs> would be sitting top of the ladder. Yeah, no. But um, nah, look, to be honest, it's just intensity. It's intense and intensity around the footy, you know, they just got to work overtime to, to win the ball, get it forward. It was just, yeah, I don't know. They've just, <laughs> they've just got to go back to basics, and that's what they did. Win the C ball, get ball, hold ball. Yep. And that's what they did. Yep, no, they certainly did. Next one coming through from at Big Rock 75 Aaron S. He says, any thoughts on why Walsh is continued to be played on the wing? I suspect for development, but not sure why. Always looks better in the guts perhaps to teach him better entries inside 50. It's a great call. And we said, I don't understand why he's playing. I actually thought he played really well tonight, Walsh. I'm not sure why he's playing on a wing. I think he gets a little bit lost out on the wing, to be honest. I think he's a natural ruck rover. Follow the ball around, gets the stoppages. I agree. I find it a little bit weird. I find it a bit similar to like Angus Bradshaw in Melbourne. He just gets a bit lost on a wing. You know, it's... It's, yeah, I'm not sure about it. I don't love it, but once again, he's he, he's getting a bit involved. Over the past month, he has gotten involved a little bit more. I know he could be better in the guts, but my question to you is maybe, is it because by putting Setterfield in the middle, we're getting a better output from Setterfield in the guts and Walsh on the wing than we would if those roles were reversed? Yeah, and that's a great call. We pro- it probably is. That's, pr- it's probably, that's probably what they're weighing up at yeah. team selection, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, is it worth getting a better performance out of Walsh when you can still get a good one, but then also a good performance out of someone else? Yeah, it's a fair question. Look, these plays in the modern game have to be able to play multiple positions. Yeah. So I'm not and against he's still it. learning. I mean, if you think about it, this Play's- bloke's in his sixth game on the wing. No, I know. I know. Um, and look, you know, the commentators are talking him up pretty well as well. So yeah. I, th- I think it's just... Well, he was, Carl- our le- he was our leading disposal getter on the ground. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, lead- I, I didn't even know that. Leading disposal but, you know, getter. I think Carlton fans are a little bit harder on Walsh just because what we saw last year. Yeah. He yeah. set a very high standard for himself. He did. But yeah, I've got no issues with Walsh. I've got absolutely no issues and no worries when it comes to Sam Walsh. We know we've got a ripper there. Next one from at JTown7, Jacob Town. He says... 
Can you remember the last time we went through the corridor and attacked like that? Outstanding. Now, Jacob, firstly, agree with that. Brilliant call. The question is, though, are we better in the wet than the dry? Dew in Queensland may suit us. Always seem to have sticky hands and adapt to the conditions better than other teams. It's an interesting call. Um, Yeah, I I can understand why, because... It, it probably because I always say Carlton are better when the ball hits the deck and there's a bit more chaos. Yeah. So it probably does suit us a little bit more. I was to be honest, say, we, we. I mean, it comes back to the call that you made. You don't want to be defending against Carlton when the ball hits no, the deck. No. So yeah, it probably does suit us. And when's the last time that I've seen Carlton stream through the middle like that? To be honest, I'm 21, so I don't reckon I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair. I'm call, 22. Fair I'm. T- <laughs> Got the, got the age right. You know, our heads are up in the clouds tonight, and it's fair enough. Excuse us if we've said anything wrong. I mean, we're on an absolute high after that win, and we're recording this straight off the bat, so we are flying here. Uh, the next one's coming in from at Bikiz, Benjamin Cripps. Oh, brilliant last name, by the way, Benjamin. Yes. He says, question, can you explain to me what team I was watching? I've never seen a Carlton team move the ball so well in a very long time. Pressure was next level. Um, yeah, apparently it was Carlton. Um, but yeah, no, look, hopefully that is the Carlton brand of footy. That is David Teague's brand of footy yep. and we've got to own it and hopefully we play it and hopefully we're successful with it. We love you, Teague. We really do. Next one from at Jim A. Mooney. Jim Mooney, he says, is that Kennedy's best game for Carlton? To, Quickly, put, it, to put it bluntly, yes. Yes, to put it bluntly, yes. He was bloody brilliant, Matt Kennedy. I apologize if there are any kids listening, but yeah, he was just... He was unreal. Uh, and we'll move on to the next one from at Donkey K Wong, Kevin Kwong. He says, why do we keep selecting Nunes? Haven't been impressed and he makes mistakes under pressure. Surely we would put more games into Dow, O'Brien and Stocker. Now, I've, now, Kevin, I must say I'm on your side here. I've, for most of the year, I've said I'm not sure why we select Nunesy. But it's something that Terry Degani just said to me that stands out. Because we're watching on the TV, we actually don't see what goes on off the ball, and I just feel like Nunes must be playing a pivotal role off the ball. Maybe it's tagging, maybe it's just, you know, putting a bit of grunt into the game. I don't know what it is, but I trust David Teague. And one thing I know about David Teague is he's fairly quick to swing the axe when a player's not performing well. So the fact that, you know, Jack Nunes is still in this team, there must be things that we can't see that he's doing. But in saying that, in saying that, I still probably would prefer to see a Lockie O'Brien get given at least a crack at playing that role. Yeah, I'd love to see O'Brien personally because yeah, I think him in full flight would look brilliant. Yeah, because he's a really good distributor. O'Brien, how good would O'Brien would have been tonight? I yeah. I'd love to see O'Brien play. Yeah, but um, no, we can't drop Nunes off tonight, though. No, they're not going to drop Nunes. Yeah. Next one from at Oz Trading. A shout-out again. Tim's Trading has asked a question again. He says, the quality of teams we are beating, top eight teams, Essendon, Dogs, Cats, when we can bring the intensity, we match it. We did it without our best two players, Doc and Cripper. How do we continue to improve and go to the next step? Nunes has to go. Kennedy can stay. Our midfield depth is becoming great. Yep. Look, we've touched on Nunes and Kennedy. Um, but yeah, in terms of beating those three teams, they are three really, really big wins. Yep. And yeah, we've, we haven't had the easiest of draws. I'm not going to go on about the draw because yeah. we're going to take it one week at a time. But I'll put it this way. No team in the competition can go into a game against Carlson thinking, yeah, you know, we'll win. No, it's no a, we've, it's, be- we've become more than that. It's a very uncomfortable matchup. It that's is. That's what it is. We've and, become more than that. Yeah, Exactly. And that's what we that's all we gotta do. Uh, yep, that's what we want. Create a contest. And we never beat an easily. We don't get no, beaten easily. Not under the Teague man. 
Certainly not. Now, the next question is coming in from at Ben Israelson, Bento Bucks. He says, awesome. Big fan of ours. Yeah, he is. He is. We know Ben. We know Ben, and he's a great man. He says, awesome (laughs) performance from the lads. Was really impressed with Setterfield's performance. Do you reckon he deserves more midfield time? Now, Ben, I personally think he should be getting all the midfield time that we can give him because when he's there, he's bloody awesome. And yeah, I, I definitely think he should. But I also think he's probably getting a lot of midfield yeah, time. Yeah, definitely um, compared to last year. Because he, he was a little bit the same with what we're seeing with Walsh. He just got a little bit... I don't even know what his role was last year. He just get, got a little bit lost when he wasn't playing in the midfield. Next one coming in from at the AFC Franco. His name is Mitch. He says... Surely that is the best full game performance in many a year. Absolute joy to watch. Jack Martin is a effing star. Now, Mitch, <laughs> he is. Mitch couldn't agree more. He is an effing star. It was a joy to watch. And yeah, that was definitely the best full game performance from Carlton in quite some time. Yeah, it really was. And we said, we touched on it earlier. We were at a bit of a crossroads at three-quarter time. And to come out like that... Oh, boy. Now... This one's come through from at Hey True Blue. His name is Joe, and we love that he's a true blue Joe. Uh, he says a friend of mine is suggesting Levi is the new sticks. Think about the high high half forward role, clunking big marks, forward fifty present. When he plays well, we all play well. Carlton's most important key position player this year? Question mark. I think he is. Yeah, it's the fact that he can do it at both ends. Think about it. Last week he didn't play well and we didn't play well. Yeah, no. And look, if you would have told me two years ago that we'd be comparing this guy to Stephen Kernahan, (laughs) I would have asked for the same stuff you're on. But (laughs) but, wow, it's... Yeah, look, I'm not going to go that far, to be honest. I'm going to keep a lid on Levi. I know, in terms of him getting up the ground and him just being more than a centre-half forward. That's yeah, what it is. That's what it is. And what I'll say is, he'll never have the career that Kernahan had, but the best footy that he's showing us right now, and I'm not saying it's as good as Kernahan's, but maybe in this time, he's our version of that. Yeah. That's that's what I can say. So not the worst call from Joe's mate. Next one coming in from at McNamara underscore A, Andrew McNamara. He says, what a difference Will Setterfield has made since coming into the midfield. Discuss. Now, Andrew... We've spoken about it, mate. I'm sure you get to this point of the podcast. We've harped on about him enough. He's been absolutely sensational and he's put together the most tremendous three weeks. He's doing Simon White's number 43 proud. (laughs) (laughs) Great to see 43 in the middle again, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. At Danny underscore 14, he says, how does the forward line structure uh, come up when Kerno eventually returns? Maybe a spot in for Papley too. It's good issues to have. It's good issues to have. How do you fit Kerno? How do you fit Silvani? How do you fit Papley? Cruiser. Yeah, I mean, it's good issues to have. And I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've got no idea what they're going to do. I've got no idea either. But I'm not complaining. I'd rather this issue than not having the players to fill the spots. Unbelievable. Next one from at the underscore Googs. uh, His name is Leroy Tanners. He says, great all-round game by everyone. Watching his last few games, I reckon SPS is not a backman. I reckon he'd be more suited as a defensive forward. Doesn't seem to like the body contact thoughts. That's actually an interesting one. As a defensive forward, we haven't heard that before. But yeah. what are you, what's your take? Nah, because I think that's nullif- Because I think Not for me. Cause I just think having him as a defensive forward is kind of completely shutting out his ball-winning abilities. Um and I don't, and we haven't really seen it in over his three and a bit years at Carlton. Him have a great sense around goals, to be honest. 
Um, so, yeah, I prefer to make him accountable, you know, looking ahead at the ground and bursting with the ground ahead of him rather than, you know, um, him being a shutdown forward. Yeah, nah, that's a fair call. Next one from at M. Rembach. Uh, Michael Rembach, he says, on a scale between 1 to 10, how good is Eddie Betts? Well, mate, he's a 10. He's yeah, awesome. Oh, we love him. We love him. He's we really him. enhancing his Carlton, you know, reputation in this, you know, you know what I twilight love. You stint. know what I love most about Eddie? You can actually see how much he enjoys playing for Carlton. And the, you know what? He's got four kids back at home. He's out up in the hub with all these guys, you know. Embracing 10, it as well. 12 years younger than him. Yeah. And you can tell he's loving it. Yeah, he's loving it. And you can it. tell they love him. Oh, mate, how can you not love him? How can him? you not? He's a bloody superstar. He's a magician. He's, he's just... He's Mr. Carlson, Eddie he is. And anything you can do, he can do better. We saw on the socials, Matt Kennedy slot a banana from the sidelines. Yes. Eddie just strolls past like it was nothing and backs himself in and slots it as well. So oh. if you haven't seen that, head over to Carlton's socials and you'll see him slotting an absolute ripper from the boundary on the training ground. Next one from at thrash underscore and underscore burn. The burning of Sodom is his uh, name. He says, does anyone check in on Bailey Smith in that last quarter? That's my question. Well, tell you what, the burning of Sodom, Ed Kerno did. And Ed Kerno, I'm sure when he goes to bed, he'll find Bailey Smith in his back pocket. Yep. <laughs> that's, uh, I think that's all we can say there. Um, Paul Garfield at Garbula, he says, Gibbons is now one very important cog in the small forward role we need. Along with Eddie, do we agree? Um, he's definitely an important cog in the team. Not sure about the small forward role because he hasn't really played there. He's played more midfield. Yeah, no, I prefer him up the ground. I yeah. prefer him up the ground. Yeah. No, I do agree. Uh, Stephen Wills says, apparently we are in the eight. What is the eight? <laughs> Stephen, I'm glad you brought this up, Stephen. We're in the eight for the first time since 2013 where we finished eighth at the end of the um, the season. Yep. And played Richmond in the finals, thanks to our good friends at Windy Hill. Um, <laughs> Shout out to those guys. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, we're in the eight. It's unbelievable, to be honest. Yeah. Um, haven't had it for a while. And look, let's hope we stay there. Yeah. No, we'll we'll soak it up while and, we're there. And the second part of that question, what is the eight? Yeah. I'm um, not sure. Used to be like the average amount of goals would kick in a game. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah and, and I mean, this goes back to the point that this is the new Carlton that we're seeing. Yeah. It really is. Next one, uh, Andrew McNamara has asked another one. He says, Mark Pittenet has been enormous. Giving his midfield's first crack and his follow-up pressure work has been awesome. Yeah, I've got nothing to add. I completely agree. That's exactly what he does. He's awesome. Sam, he says, calm the blues. Sam, couldn't have said it better myself, mate. Calm <laughs> the blues. Uh, Al Francis says, why risk bringing Cripper back on when we've got the game in the bag? Um, to be honest, Al, I don't think we had the game in the bag when he went down. He went down fairly early, yeah, didn't he? he did go, oh, I think it was in the last quarter where he, maybe he oh, was mate, sitting on the bench. Did he go down again? No, nah, but he was sitting on the bench and we thought he was done. Then he came back for the last few okay. minutes. Okay, yeah, um, And he call, did then. look a little bit restricted handballing with one hand, to be honest. Yep. But hopefully a couple of jabs during the week and he'll get the conditioning he needs. And yep. seven-day break, he should be okay, hopefully. Yeah, no, nah, uh, definitely. Uh, thin underscore, he says, let's hope Big H keeps playing like this, hey? Well, yep. If we need keep, him to. If he How much better like do we this, look? Yep, if he keeps playing like this, we're kicking an extra three goals a week, which is huge. Uh, the next one coming in from at Peppy18, Brenton Patterson. He says, is Jack Martin leading the race for Carlton's best and fairest? What a star. I've got him a vote off the top in mine. Yeah, behind Weeders? Oh, actually, no, sorry. Weedering's clearly ahead. And then I've got, I think, Doherty second, a vote behind Martin Cripps. Yeah, yeah, nah, I, yeah, he's a star. And I just cannot believe we got him for free. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
And then Brenton did respond saying, Craig Bradley wore number 21. Coincidence, I think not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Roger Rogerson. So did Josh Bootsma, so let's settle. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Rogerson said, Eddie Betts in navy blue through and through. Welcome back to the Blues, you little champ. Yeah. Welcome back, Eddie. Welcome back. Yeah. Uh, This one's from Instagram from James Mayles. He said, how good is it to have Eddie back? We're in the eight. Well done, boys. Great team effort. Yep, unreal. It's yeah. Yeah, it's just it, we, we, we and we got to soak up these wins. You know, we haven't had a lot to cheer about over for a very long time. You know, just being in, it's just you know we have to. You know, other clubs might think, oh, you know, they're getting very excited over a win in round six. You know, well we are. Yep. Because this doesn't happen often. And you know. this is not just one win. This is a build-up of good performances. Yep, exactly. Now, Blue Baggers, we're going to have to wrap it up there because we've kept you for a while. This is probably our longest episode, but it was always going to be after a showing like that, yeah. wasn't it? No, it had to be. It had to be. And I mean, I'm sure you've loved it. I hope you've loved it. Any feedback is always welcome. You can find us at Blues Footy on Twitter, Blues Footy on Facebook, and Blues underscore footy on Instagram. Go ahead over to our Instagram and give it a follow for some more content as well. And tell you what, we're going to be back here next Sunday night dissecting the game against Port, and I can just hope it's as good as today's one. Oh, if it is, I might be doing this show with some beers in my hand. Well, I'm about to open a bottle of rum for us, Bolt. <laughs> well, yeah, that does look good, doesn't it? Yeah, can't wait to get stuck into that one. Well, Blue Baggers, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. Now, just before we go, we wanted to honour 1987 Premiership hero Mark Naley, who unfortunately passed away during the week. Now, Mark, you're in all our thoughts, and the boys couldn't have put on a better display to honour your legacy. Rest in peace, and that one was for you. And for the next week, anyone you see on the streets, just let them know about the Blues. We're back in town. The Teague train. (laughs) The Empire is rising. It it is rising. The Teague train rolls on, and go the Blues. Against the famous old dark